When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday, July 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the All-Stars are in Colorado getting ready for the Midsummer Classic, and the Indians are in the middle of uh, the, the draft while all that's going on. They've, uh, they've made three selections so far as of this recording, and all three of them have something in common. Yeah, they're all college pitchers, Joe. And uh, they're all 21 or older. And uh, these guys are, whether they like it or not, they're on the fast track here. And, uh, you know, uh, I thought uh, Chris Antonetti said something interesting Sunday. He said, you know, there's never, um, you you can never draft enough pitching. You know, it's not like, uh, it's not like, uh, I think you reach a, you know, you can run into some traffic jams at first base or second base or shortstop if you keep drafting position players. But with pitching, you never there's no there's no traffic jams, and I think we're seeing uh, that come to life in this draft. Right, the uh, 28th overall pick in the first round, Gavin Williams, a right-hander out of East Carolina, sort of a big, hard-throwing righty, six foot six, 240 pounds, uh, just a, a really impressive year this year. Uh, highlighted by a performance uh, like you were telling me just a few minutes ago uh, against Vanderbilt and uh, Kumar Rocker, who was taken 10th overall. Yeah, in the uh, Super Regional, uh, Williams went seven and a third innings, struck out 13. Uh, they end up losing. East Carolina ends up losing to Vanderbilt, but uh, he put himself on the map. And he, I guess he had already done that this year. He went from kind of a, you know, a swing guy, his first uh, three years in, in for the uh, um, for for East Carolina, and he, he kind of stepped into the rotation this year. Went ten and one, one point eight eight ERA, um, one hundred thirty strikeouts. Like you said, twenty one walks in eighty one and a third innings. So he's he's a dominant guy, a power pitcher. Sits ninety four to ninety seven, has touched a hundred. And uh, Scott Barnesby uh, couldn't say enough things about good things about him the Indians uh, uh, scouting director, and they're going to keep him in the rotation, Joe. So he, he projects out as a starter. Yeah. Uh, where do you think he'll end up? Uh, I mean, this is it's sort of unusual with, with the way the pandemic hit the minor leagues the last couple of years and, and affected things. Uh, do, do you think we could see him heading east after uh, some time in Arizona uh, early on? You know, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I, you know, cause they usually send all those guys, um, you know, all those guys to Arizona for kind of an indoctrination kind of, you know, welcome into the uh, welcoming into the organization, what's expected of them. Uh, and now with, you know, you don't have that New York Penn league where you can send your college guys. You don't have that. So maybe they go to uh, Lynchburg 
you know, that, or, or uh, yes, you know, I would think, you know, they, they might go to that uh, low, uh, you know, Lynchburg, but I would, I would think that would be a jump, Joe. I, I bet these guys stay, stay in Arizona for a while. And then uh, I guess the next step would be, had to be Lynchburg, right? They're yeah. They're going to want to take it easy on some of these guys too. They're coming off full seasons of, of pitch and they're already up to 80 innings or so. And, uh, you know, Gavin Williams, I, they're going to want to protect their investment there for sure. Uh, 58th pick overall in the second round, Doug Nikhazy, lefty out of Ole Miss. Uh, he had a, a, he posted a 12 and two record this past year, 2.45 ERA, 142 strikeouts. Uh, so, so far the first two guys, uh, both college pitchers that they've taken at, at with their picks and uh, both high strikeout guys for the season. Yeah, this guy, uh, uh, Nikhazy, he's kind of an experienced guy. Uh, you know, he's pitched, uh, he's a junior. He's, he's pitched for three years for Ole Miss, uh, 22 and seven, um, you know, as, as his career record. Uh, more of a uh, breaking ball guy, curveball slider, uh, touches 94 with his fastball, uh, but sent a single season win record this year by going 12 and two. And his 142 strikeouts were the second most in school history for a single season next to uh, Lance Lynn, who, you know, is an established big league guy. So, uh, you know, it sounds like, a, you know, an interesting guy, kind of a maybe, you know, six foot, 205 pounds. I don't know if he's a crafty lefty, but uh, I guess all lefties are a little bit crafty, right? Uh, every lefty's got to have a little bit of that in him, huh? Uh, finally, uh, so far uh, in this draft, uh, the 69th pick overall out of Florida State, Tommy Mace, uh, a righty. Uh, so, uh, again, sticking with that theme of uh, college experience pitching, all these guys are, what, over the age of, of 20, 21? Yeah. Uh, so you're not, you're not drafting a, a high schooler and sort of bringing them along slowly. These guys are guys who are going to be expected to make an impact, you know, as soon as they hit the ground running, uh, probably as early as next year. Yeah, Tommy Mace. It sounds like Tommy Gunn, right, from the Rocky movies. I, I Tommy love Mace. He should be a DH, not a <laughs> yeah, not a pitcher. What the heck? He's a six-six right-hander. Uh, pitched four years for the Gators at Florida Florida State. Uh, went six and two this year. One hundred thirteen Ks, twenty-one walks, and uh, his career record. I guess his career. You know his uh, career there at Florida State. Twenty-two and seven. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a big guy, six, six durable. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he's 22. So he's the oldest of the three so far. And he, he went in the, uh, you know, that, that round B, the competitive balance round right between the second and third round of the draft. Right. And that's, you know, compensation or, or uh, for, for free agents that sign. So, uh, things like that. Great. Uh, you know, as, as the draft uh, continues to develop here, uh, it's sort of a new feel a little bit later than we're used to uh, getting these guys and, and getting the info on these guys. Normally it's uh, around the time of the college world series, but they, they bumped it back a, a couple of weeks and uh, you know, sort of taking place at the all-star game so that everybody's there and sort of a more festive uh, feel and atmosphere. Uh, really uh, Again, it's it's the nature of, of this league and of this game where the the draft isn't like the NFL or the NBA where you're drafting for a need right now. You're, you're sort of uh, making picks uh, 
for for the future and investing and developing these guys. But but who knows? You know, the the White Sox had uh, Garrett Crochet. He came in and came right off the draft last year and uh, had an impact in their out of their bullpen. So, you know, maybe we can see some of these guys in in a few years uh, helping out at the major league level. Yeah, you know uh, what? The last guy that went straight from uh, the draft to the big leagues for the Indians was stunning Steve Dunning, right? I mm -hmm. think uh, so. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, you know, Dave Winfield, a guy that, that I think Norm Cash or Al Kaline, one of those Tiger guys, I think it was Al Kaline, you know, went straight from high school to the big leagues. Can you imagine mm -hmm. the case doing that now? I no. That would be a, quite an accomplishment. But uh, yeah, and uh, but didn't I think Greg, these guys. Didn't Greg Swindell, uh, you know, he spent a very little amount of time. Yeah, he had like he had three, like three or four starts in a, in a ball. And they <laughs> brought him up. And his first start was like against the Red Sox. And the Indians got beat 26 to 5. Something oh, like man. Start like this score like that. I, was, I remember that game. But things worked out for Greg Swindell, and he went out yeah, to have Greg like a 20, did okay. twenty year major league career. I think he's, yeah, uh, he, he he's did, doing all right. He did, he did okay for himself. There's never been a better time to register for Indian Subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Well, something we didn't, we hadn't seen in a, a, a good long time, maybe not 20 years in the majors, but back-to-back uh, uh, -back walk off home runs. The Indians were the last ones to do it in the major leagues in 2019. They had two nights in a row where they hit back-to-back walk off. I, I believe those were both against the White Sox. Uh, yeah. Jordan Luplo had one of those and, and Jose Ramirez had the one that put them in the playoffs uh, or, or no, wait. Yeah, that was not 2020. That was, they that was 2020. Uh, so they did it again over the weekend. Uh, was it Friday and Saturday nights? Uh, mm -hmm. Framo Reyes and then Bobby Bradley. Uh, really just what was the, uh, the atmosphere and the, the, the feeling down there at the ballpark when that happened after, you know, on the heels of a 10 game losing streak. Yeah, that was, it was really, it was cool, Joe. It was, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they had big crowds there. Um, 
25,000, you know, 20 to 25,000. Um, and uh, they, and I think a uh, friend mill, what? Uh, I mean, was Thursday, right? Yeah, Framer was Thursday. He uh, he hit the two-run homer um, for you know it was four-four. You know it was there was a downer because uh, you know uh, uh, Karen Check had started the ninth inning by giving up a leadoff home run to tie it at four-four, and uh, and then uh, you know Franmil came up uh, with three you know and, and hit the three-run homer. In, into to left center field, it was uh, it was crazy. I mean, it was it was really fun. I guess that that crowd was like thirteen thousand. But uh, and then the next night, uh, you know, it was Bobby Bradley, and he kind of bailed. You know, he bailed the Indians out again. You know, after they had that crazy play in the eighth inning where they ran into a double play at second ba- at third base, which right. is which is hard to do. Yeah, and and, and I wanted to ask you about that uh, when. When the play happened, what was the reaction in the press box? What was the reaction there? Uh, was there confusion? Did was everybody asking what was going on? Because uh, you know, I was a couple hundred miles away, Myrtle Beach, watching on my phone and thinking, you know, this is probably the craziest thing I've seen the Indians do in, in a good long time. Yeah, every, it, there was there was mass confusion. You know, definitely mass confusion. Uh, you know the. Uh, you know, Salvador Perez was ta- tagging everybody. I think he tagged uh, uh, third base coach uh, Mike Sarbach in the process. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, James Hoy was the third base coach, St. Ed grad, mm-hmm. and he was kind of stuck right in the, the middle of the firestorm. And, you know, he called, uh, he called uh, 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 Daniel Johnson out first, who was the lead runner. And then uh, Johnson, uh, and then he called out a Hernandez. And uh, Tito went out there and, he got got ejected from the game for the first time since 2019 and you know in the process you know they they I don't know if they ran out of time or they didn't think they they it was reviewable but you know that in all the arguing that got kind of brushed aside the most important thing you know they could have reviewed that and when uh, Tito the next day told us <clears throat> he had talked to uh, an MLB supervisor of uh, of uh, replays they uh, they said if uh, if you had challenged it, they would, uh, you know, Johnson would have been out and Hernandez would have been safe at second safe base. At third. He would have been safe at third, correct? Yeah, he would have been yeah. safe at third. So, you know, but uh, in 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 the emotion and, and the confusion and everything else that 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 you know that did not take place. Right, and it's it's so rare now, and so. Um, you know, unusual to see Tito get animated like that. I think that was sort of what, what really got everybody going was that he came out and he knew he was right about something and, and, you know, stuck to it. Uh, it just to, to get sort of the satisfaction of hearing, well, yeah, had you challenged, we would have, you know, at least called one of them out and put the other guy on third base. Uh, you know, that's got to feel, feel pretty good for Tito. Uh, there and, and Mike Barnett, uh, you know, he's 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 doing real well. He's he's up over what like seventy five percent. Barney yeah. is with the with the challenges. One of the best in the league right now. Yeah, he's got a high percentage. Yet, but the, there was a communication breakdown there uh, in that play. But, but there wasn't kind of a uh, you know a byproduct of that. Uh, Bobby Bradley said everybody was so fired up in the dugout about uh, you know Tito getting kicked out and going out into the field and. 
and fighting for them. You know, like you said, you know, there's with replay, you know, there, you know rare, rarely do you see a manager get, 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 get tossed. And uh, Bradley said, you know, uh, that fired him up and, uh, it, you know, he started the bottom of the ninth inning with a home run to, to win it, to walk off line drive home run. And it was interesting, uh, Joe, he, he, he has the bat, you know, he makes contact, he has the bat flip and he thinks it's out and then it doesn't look like it's out. So he's got to start sprinting and, uh, you know, made it over. It was a line drive home run. And uh, Tito said, that's the second time I've had to talk to him about that. He goes, he better end up at second base. If he, if he does that again, he's, he better end up at second, at least at second base. Yeah. And that, that's sort of the, uh, that feeds into the Indians whole, uh, you know, don't make the same mistake twice, learn from your mistakes, the, the, the youth. And, and the, it's the theme of the whole first half of the season so far. Uh, now that we're at the break and sort of look forward uh, to, to what, you know, maybe they can put things together, get some pieces back and, and start winning a few games in the second half. Uh, before we get to that, though, I wanted to mention uh, the job that both Cal Quantrill and Tristan McKenzie did in, uh, you know, pitching those games and, and, and looking real good. I think Saturday Quantrill went, you know, uh, six innings. McKenzie in that game that, that Bobby Bradley had to walk off home run, uh, he went seven innings and, and had what seven strikeouts, nine strikeouts, something like that. Nine strikeouts. That's the best I've seen him look, Joe. I mean, seven scoreless, one hit, one walk, nine strikeouts. I mean, uh, you could tell that he had a lot of stored up energy from from you know from his trip down to uh, Columbus and you know the frustration that I think he took with him, and you know he, he just I think he threw like. Uh, you know, his, his strike percentage was really high. Uh, and, uh, you know, he just was, was dominant. He was, you know, I don't know if he can do that again, but, you know, it was such a relief to the bullpen, you know, to get 13 innings from your starters in consecutive games. That, they hadn't done that in, in 38 games, in a 38-game wow. stretch. They hadn't got that many innings from, from the rotation. So, and Quattro was just as good uh, – the next night, you know, six innings, five hit, five runs, three hits, uh, his longest outing of the season and his second longest in his career. I think he, he went seven innings one one time with, with the Padres. Well, there you go. Uh, looking ahead as uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, Shane Bieber, uh, selected to the All-Star game uh, to represent the Indians. Uh, Bo Naylor participated in the, the Futures game on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, nobody's in the home run derby, uh, on, on Monday night, but we're looking forward to Jose, maybe, uh, getting in there and taking some swings, uh, on Tuesday in the, in the game itself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Naylor, Bo Naylor, you know, they only used the American league team only used in the futures game, two catchers. And he came in right after the starter. And I think he pit, caught about uh, four or five innings, uh, when, you know, had one at bat. But uh, you know that's 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 got to be cool for a young kid like that to uh, to get a kid to get a shot like that and yeah and he had seen and, his uh, brother play in that game twice before so he kind of knew what to expect yeah and uh, you know hopefully Jose gets in there gets gets a hit he usually does pretty good at the All Star game I remember the first time he went there was named the AL starter in Miami he went two for two in his two at bats and uh, mm -hmm. so that that's hard to do so uh, hopefully he gets in there and. Uh, and Beaver, you know, we've got a, 
you know, see, you know, how Bieber does uh, coming out of that the second half, Joe. I mean, coming into the second half, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be available probably uh, maybe to late August, mid late August. Yeah, I got to think it's got to be at least a month, right? Yeah, yeah. He hasn't, you know, he was getting closer to, to playing catch, but, uh, you know, as of Sunday, he, that, that was a no-go. He was still, you know, working out with the weighted balls uh, and Savali. Uh, I think he's close to getting on the mound. He's on a faster track, so we could see him back a little earlier in in August, maybe late July. And uh, Plesac, uh, Plesac has you know made his start first start Thursday. He'll start uh, Sunday in Oakland. What does the Indians' rotation look like coming out of the break as they start? Uh, what is it? A seven game road trip to Oakland and Houston. Yeah, it, it looks like uh, they're going to go with uh, Eli Morgan, then uh, Quantrill, then uh, Plesak, then uh, uh, the, me, uh, yeah, me, um, Mejia, Mejia is coming back up. JC okay. Mejia is coming back up, and then uh, Tristan. Uh, and then, you know, that's the first turn through the rotation. So uh, Hentges and Mejia both were sent down or were optioned to Columbus in order to keep pitching. Uh, during the break in order to keep them on, on regular rest and rotation, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the reasons. And he specifically said Mejia was, you know, that's why he got sent down. Uh, Henkes, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, they want him to uh, trust his fastball more, Joe. They want him, they're going to use him in shorter, shorter appearances so he can really work on that fastball and, and keep throwing it and not go to a breaking ball just because, you know, he's not throwing the four seamer for strikes. So, uh, you know that I think that's going to take a little time, and uh, but and but obviously they saw something in Mejia that they wanted to, you know, they wanted to keep him active and and so he could rejoin the the, the rotation coming out of the break. All right, home run derby tonight, the, one of the showcase events of the uh, All Star Weekend. Uh, Shohei Otani uh, is is in there. I, I you know I think Joey Gallo is is competing as well. Uh, who, who do you think uh, could, could come out of this as the, uh, the champ in the home run derby after uh, a, a really entertaining one? I think Pete Alonzo's there to, uh, to uh, defend his title as well that he won back at Progressive Field in 2019, the last time they had one. Well, I think my money's on Otani, Joe. <laughs> I, I think he's going to, at him, his swing at, at, at Coors Field, uh, you know, at, at, at altitude, I think that's this is going to be a show, man. This is wow. going to be this is one not to miss. It's too bad Vlad uh, Vlad uh, Guerrero uh, isn't in there too because he those those two guys that would be fun to watch them swing. I mean, if you had to pick an Indians player, would it be Jose Ramirez or uh, um, Framil Reyes or Bob, or even Bobby Bradley? Who would you most like to see compete in a, a home run derby just because you know what they can do? I'd like to see Fran Mill. I think uh, <laughs> I'd like to see the big man turn it loose, but I, I don't think it's his right side. I don't think the Indians want that left side. Right. Obviously, <laughs> obviously that's a guy that you wouldn't want to expose right now, but, but I'd, fully at a hundred percent. I'd like to see Fran Mill. I bet you he'd had the time of his life. Organizationally. If you, if you had an Indians home run derby with just the guys in the Indians organization, uh, you know, who would you give the best odds to Jose, Fran Mill, Bobby Bradley, or even Oscar Gonzalez, the kid that they just promoted yeah. to uh, Columbus, because I've seen that kid hit home runs and he puts a charge into a ball. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the kid. I was thinking about him. That's that's an interesting choice. I'd I'd like to see him swing the bat. You know, Jose's got that got the uh, got the that pull down though. You know, right? He's he, he's he, and I think that's what you have to do in in a home run derby. You got to you, you have to be in in zinc with your uh, pitcher, and you got to be able to pull the ball. And uh, he's great at that. Jose's swing is so rotational that either left-handed or right. And, and that's also being a, a switch hitter could probably help him, you know, just to fight fatigue that way. But, you know, a guy like Fran Mill, the ball just jumps off of his bat to the opposite field. He would be fun to watch for sure. All right. Uh, so we'll tune in tonight. We'll watch the home run derby. We'll be around for the all-star game this week. Hoinsie, we'll check back in with you again tomorrow. All right, Joe. 